It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Karina Villafuerte. Karina, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Tony, for having me. It's, oh, it's my pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. I yeah. <laughs> had a chance to, to get to know you a little bit. And, um, you know, I think for what we try to build here at the Face Chicago business is really about giving back and, 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 and for me personally, trying to be that person more than I have been. But it seems like you are that kind of person. And I'm oh. just so honored that, uh, you know, that I get to share your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me share my story. Of course. Now, uh, you're originally from Mexico. You actually grew up there up until you were about six and a half, right? Correct. Yeah. So I was born in Morelia, Michoacán. And, um, but my hometown was um, Morelia, Guanajuato. So Guanajuato. And I lived there till I was six and a half until my parents decided that uh, we were going to move to to Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're saying you didn't exactly move right away to Illinois, right? Even though you had a lot of family here. So I remember vividly from, I think we, we went to California first for a few months. I do have an aunt out there. And, um, then we moved over here to Illinois because all my tios and tias are out here. So yeah. And you come from quite a big family, don't you? Yeah. So kind of, we would say <laughs> 16 uncles and aunts. And that's just one side of the family. Yeah. Right? My mom's side of the family. Oh so you can only God. imagine all the Oh, my cousins and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, it's a big family and we're very close-knit. We we have big family reunions. We have to rent halls for our Christmas parties and everything. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, how many people do you end up getting, you know, with spouses and oh, kids? And wait, more than 120 or 50, let's say. There's wow. there's too many of us. Yeah, there's a kid every year. So, <laughs> yeah, we add to it. So, yeah. Now, be honest. Do you know everyone's name? Um, the little ones? Uh, most of them. Most of them, I would <laughs> say, yeah. So um, we don't get to see each other all the time, but uh, we are when we come together, we're a very close knit family. So I That's love amazing. my family, yeah, familia. So how many of them are out in California, and how, uh, most I, of them are here, but how many are one? There? One of my aunts is out there, well, and I have so her kids here. are out there, and another cousin is out there. So wow, yeah, so everyone's but here. everybody's out here. I still have one aunt that lives in Morelia, Guanajuato. Okay. Um, so yeah. But that's, mainly all the families out here. So, yeah. That's amazing. Now, one of the things you were saying is, is um, as far as the kind of person you are, that, you know, real people pleaser, right? And and that carried over into your family, too. But they, they influenced you a lot in terms of the, the kind of person that they wanted you to be, mm-hmm. right? And um, tell me a little bit about that. Like, how it was growing up, kind of the expectations that they had for you and how that mm-hmm. uh, shaped who you were as a, as a kid and, you know, yeah. as a young adult. <laughs> so, growing up, I've always been a people person. Uh, person like people pleaser let me say um I always wanted to make sure that I made you happy before I made myself happy um and always helping people as well my parents have always um taught my sisters and I to give back that's a biggest thing don't give with the expectation of receiving so that's always been something that I've carried throughout my life until now and uh, I'm very thankful for that because they implanted that value in me and my sisters and it was just my nature I think more of not disappointing people of always wanting to do what made others happy and throughout my teen years I did that I've always been very up um, of an advocate I like to say and speak up for what I believe in and everything but I also always wanted to make sure I made people happy and I did it through my high school years and through college until one day I had a reality check that I needed to also take care of myself as well yeah because you said you were neglecting yourself a little bit right and it finally caught up to you and you had that 
that light bulb moment but yeah so so what was that like for you i mean giving so much of yourself and i know that you have this incredible heart to want to give to others but mm -hmm. obviously you hadn't found exactly how to do that quite yet right and you said you mentioned mm -hmm. that you kind of took your time getting your associate's degree and yeah you know, so what was that you know kind of going through your head during that time so I, I feel like my life has been like a roller coaster, although I'm not really old, but I feel like I've had ups and downs and uh, a lot of lessons that I've learned throughout the years. And um, during my, my time at, when I went off to college, um, in the community college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I always wanted to please my parents. I wanted to please um, my community or people that my friends right? Oh, one's going to be a nurse. The other one's going to do this and that. And what about me? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know what I want to do. I just know I have to go to school because that's what my parents brought us here. Right. Because my parents did so many things. They sacrificed so many things for us. Now it's me giving back. How can I waste that? Right. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is it that I wanted to do. Uh, first, I started and uh, maybe I want to be a doctor, a nurse. <laughs> maybe I want to be a dentist. It was up. Uh, I wanted to be in the radio uh, communications until I came to realize that my passion is serving, for, serving others and giving back to the community. And that's when I came across, OK, social worker. And but then in the back of my head, I'm like, social worker, really? And then my dad, you're not going to make any money. You're going to be struggling. But I'm like, that's what I want to do. And that's when I decided, OK, I'm done. Uh, this is what I want to do. And uh, it took me a long time. I was in my community college for a long time, but it also made me realize that it was OK, that I didn't need to compare myself to anybody. Um, that I'll reach my goals at my time, right? So that really helped me too. Um, working for a great organization during that time also helped me um, get to where I'm at right now. And so the great organization was the Girl, Girl Scouts. Scouts. Yeah. Yes. So I worked for Girl Scouts for almost eight years. That's a long time. Yeah. So I started first as a volunteer for a couple of a month, I'd say. And then after that, um, I said, this is something I see myself. This is a way for me to give back to my community, especially sure. um, the Hispanic community. Not many Latinos know about um Girl Scouts, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, I want to empower young Latinas to be part of Girl Scouts, starting with my niece. It was so amazing to see her develop and, and grow to what she is today. And thanks to not only what my sister and brother-in-law have given to her, but also the opportunity to be part of such a wonderful organization. So I was part of that for um, almost eight years and wow. was given the opportunity to have different roles and serve my community in different ways that I never thought I could. And thanks to that, I've built many relation friendships, relationships, um, and have connections that have gotten me through where I'm at today. Oh, that's awesome! So you never uh, became a social worker, then, right? So I did get my bachelor's as a, uh, and my background mm -hmm. is in social work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, but my title at work at Girl Scouts wasn't social, social worker. Work. It was a community organizer. And then with time, I was given the opportunity to be the first innovation and inclusion specialist. Wow! Yes. And, and you mentioned that you worked in an organization, um, Alpha, right? That was uh, is that is that part of what that initiative was to bring Latinas um, to the Girl Scouts? We had a partnership uh, with that organization, Alpha, which allow us to partner to bring more l young Latinos, um, aspiring Latinos, wanting to give more to the community. And we figured that it was a perfect match, right? Um, having young Latinos going out in the community and reaching more girls and saying, hey, you can be part of this. So it was a great experience. I, I learned a lot. I built many relationships and um Thankfully, we were able to bring in more more of awareness into the Latino community that um, Girl Scouts is, is open for everybody, right? 
That's awesome. And I, I, I agree. You know, I, I would try to poke holes in things. And that's one of the organizations that I would look into. I'm like, well, you know, they really do good things. And see, even with the Girl Scout cookies, that as addicting as they are, it seems like they always go to, you know, a good cause and, and go to support the, the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Those cookies, your donations, maybe I'm putting my little plug in there because yeah. they have a I have a passion for them still, even if I don't work for them anymore. Sure. It's because I know the great impact they're having in the lives of girls. Um, so those cookies that you buy, those addicting cookies, um, have a big impact on those girls that can't afford to to purchase their uniforms, that can't yeah. afford to be in a traditional Girl Scout troop, or can't go camping, or or just don't have the means to to do certain activities. So we're changing life with those cookies and um, any donation that you give to that organization. So yeah. Well, see, there you go. Buy your girls got cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that too at that time um, when you left. It was about March of 2017, right? Um, when I left, 18. Oh, okay. So March of 18. Yeah. That you made the transition to go to Instituto, right? Uh-huh. So tell me about Instituto. I don't, the full name I, it escapes me right now. So it's Instituto del Progreso Latino. So right now I have the honor to work for Instituto del Progreso Latino as an employment specialist there. Um, during that time, I actually wasn't really looking for an opportunity. I was going to give myself a break because um, of many things personally that were going on through my life that right. I said, I need a break. But I've always believed that things happen for a reason and, and timing is everything, mm-hmm. right? And Instituto came during this time and I said, this is an opportunity for me to step outside of my comfort zone, for me to give back to my community in a different, completely different way. And let's go for it. So um, Instituto del Progreso Latino serves, it's uh, not only a community-based uh, non-for-profit organization that helps our community members, all, not only Latinos, but um, it, we focus on education and the power of education because it's so important to um, help people start their platform to build careers. Um, it is a high school as well. There's two high schools. Oh, no way. Yeah, so Isla and Ishka. Yeah, and uh, it started first, actually, Instituto has been around for more than 40 years. Um, and they started as uh, basically um, services for for adults that needed maybe assistance with English, um, getting their GEDs, immigration services, and all of that. And then it started growing with time because we saw that they saw that there was a bigger need. Yeah. So currently, they host ESL classes, um, citizenship um appointments we do in my department we focus on education as far as making sure we help people through our three pathway programs that we have there and then my role is to help them get employment once they've been through through all our programs uh, you, you share some stories and they're quite incredible yeah. i mean i know they put a tear uh, yeah. in both of our eyes as, as you were sharing them but um i can see why you're drawn to it there, there are two things that you brought up that i that i want to go over but uh, one is that you had gone through a pretty difficult time during that transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also you talked about stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I think that was so important because one of the things that you had mentioned um, that you didn't want to be comfortable being comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and so it seems like you push yourself to do things that are uncomfortable for you, right? Yeah. Which I think is awesome. But uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like what was it that you were going through? I know that you were kind of getting hit from all sides and yeah. you weren't the same person that, that you are now. Yeah. Um, tell me about that. Yeah. So when people ask me, so when was this one? Because I wouldn't think that it was like a year ago, two years ago. I'm like, I've lost track even myself because I like to focus on the, the present sure. now, right? But during my, my t- uh, the hard times that I went through, um, it was just a very difficult year for me. Um, when I was transitioning into saying, hey, I love Girl Scouts, I love what I do, but I need to do more, right? I, I, I need to do more. But then I would go back again to the, 
wait, I've been here almost eight years. Like, what's next? Sure. Like, this is all that I know, right? Um, so being scared of stepping outside of my comfort zone and looking again, doing that whole process of resume building and interviewing. I do it now for a living <laughs> in my job, helping people do that. But it's like, it's very taunting. And I'm sure um, it helps you relate to people though as they're going oh, through Oh yeah, it, right? definitely it does. So um, that was one thing. And then my parents were going through a divorce. So that was very difficult, right? Uh, it, it, I've always said, doesn't matter how old you are, it's still difficult. Uh, many parents think that when you're little that it's the only time that it's going to affect you but no because you're older you're thinking of what's going to happen with mom what's going to happen with dad what's going to happen with the dynamic the mm-hmm. house and so on so that was a lot of stress for me and um whether i wanted to or not i felt like i was in the middle of it sometimes and um during that time too i was in a very long relationship with someone and uh, i had just recently got engaged and then all of a sudden that you said you you were together for you said eight nine years right almost nine years so yeah so we we decided that it was something that it just wasn't gonna work anymore so going through that is trying to find my identity again as to um, do I want to be in part of Girl Scouts anymore? Do my parents going through a divorce? What's going to happen? What's next? How can I help? What do I need to do? And then, oh, here, do I want to get married or not? Right. Yeah. So it was just a lot, a lot trying to figure out like, oh, adulthood, here we go. Right. So and it wasn't just about do I want to get married? Because the one thing I remember you saying, and, and again, going back to that comfortable or being comfortable being mm-hmm. comfortable kind of thing um that you you wanted more right you wanted to do things and you almost felt like you were sacrificing who you were mm-hmm. for the relationship yeah you know? so as i always said i've been a people pleaser so i felt that i've lost myself in many ways especially um in many relationships and this one in particular saying and i mean by many relationships like my friendships sure, and so sure. on but um particularly i've always been a person that says let's do more it's don't be comfortable with it just being okay and that's what i mean like it's not okay to just be okay like we know we each know our potential and i knew my potential but i always was scared of making someone feel less or making someone uh, feel uncomfortable because i i'm so driven like i wanted more right and um i felt like i was losing myself that i always had to okay well this is this is our norm. This is how yeah. we have to live. This is my life for the rest of my life. And I wanted more. And not many people saw eye to eye with me. And, and um, it was just realizing not only with my personal relationship that uh, my uh, with this person, but also with other people that I needed mm-hmm. to realize, like, I'm not OK with being OK. I want more. And if you want to follow me, you're more than welcome. But if you don't, it's it's OK. That's There's incredible. a reason for that. Absolutely, right? there is. And I think, you know, as we all go through that, we realize that it is a lonely road. I mean, yeah. most people don't want that. You know, it's too difficult. Yeah. And so they don't want to take the journey with you. Yeah. But it didn't end there for you, right? In terms of the trauma, you uh, you went to a networking event. Yeah. And uh, tell me about that. So this is when I had my reality check that I needed to um, take care of myself. And I always encourage when people come and ask me for advice or anything, I always say, take care of yourself. It's very important to take care of ourselves before we can help anybody. Um, and uh, for the longest, I was in denial that everything was okay, that it was just like any other day, we're going to get through it. Like, you're not the first one. You're not the last one. You're not the first family that's going through a divorce. You're not the first uh, relationship that doesn't work out. You're not the first uh, career that doesn't work out. Like, it's okay. But I was in denial. I, I wanted to put this happy face when I knew that it, I wasn't me personally okay. You wanted to make others happy. Yeah, and that was my priority. And I would always leave my house 
like everything was fine. People thought everything was fine, but I, I was going through anxiety, depression, and many people didn't know until this day. Many people don't know. I think this is my first time like actually sharing everything. Wow. Yeah, because not many people know. I'll share like, oh, yes, I went through a hard time, but details not as far. But I think I need to start opening because um, the conversations that you and I have had, I think it's important for us to share our stories without being ashamed, without being um uh, feel sorry for ourselves by any means um because it's the opposite i mean it's almost like a sense of of, of pride you know yeah. that this is, this is where we came from kind yeah of and you never know the impact you can have on someone's life too like oh she did it or he did it i can i can do it myself but going back to your question sorry um basically i i went to a networking event and uh then all of a sudden i found myself on the floor and uh so yeah i you fainted right? i fainted yeah i fainted you were out for for a couple of uh, yeah a, long, a long time let's say it's not normal how no, long right, i was right, gone right, right. they're like were you acting because it seemed like you were acting i'm like no they're like you seem so peaceful like you were just like I'm no like, one had any idea and what the, you, were going you know what it. the crazy part is there there was a doctor there at the networking event sure. and that's the first person that came to me and i, I could hear everybody everybody's yelling everybody like crying the people that i knew like everybody i could hear all the commotion but i couldn't get up it was those moments where your body's like i can hear you but i can't move kind of really experience so you remember that yeah i, oh, I remember wow. everything i remember Crazy. everything I, I remember the conversations the people screaming the people crying <laughs> because i had my cousin there i had another friend there so i can hear people like the conversations they were having someone trying to put a cookie in my mouth like I, it was just crazy <laughs> yeah so uh, i ended up the, the ambulance came um i came back and they, they said, she needs to go to the hospital. Even the doctor's like, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, I'm fine. Because I woke up and I was fine. Like, nothing happened. I'm like, what would happen? Um, but they're like, you need to go to the hospital. There's, this is not normal. Sure, Someone's sure. not gone for this long. So I ended up in the hospital. Um, they did many tests. They couldn't figure it out, what was happening. Um, having a deep conversation, then they're like, okay, you need to go to your doctor and speak to them. And that's when it clicked, like, there's more than this. You need to take care of yourself, Karina. Um, a what'd, year. You, what'd your mom say? My mom said she's on denial. She's depressed and very anxious all the time. She's going through. Talking about you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. through a really hard time right now. And she just needs to realize that. So the doctor said, like, okay, this is it. She's going so, through major depression and anxiety. So what did that look for like for you? I mean, was it. I mean, obviously, you're going to networking events, so you're kind of carrying on as normal. But you know, was it hard to get out of bed? I mean, was it you know, just really you know, sad thoughts? Like, what was it for you that that your depression was like? I I didn't find joy on the things that I used to love, mm. so I didn't I didn't really care for much. I just went. I felt like a robot. Like I would get up in the morning and go out with, keep doing the things that I needed to do, and then go back to sleep. I had no no drive for anything at all. I wasn't eating. I think I weighed like I don't even know how much I I see pictures of myself I'm like uh that's oh, really? not that's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, wow. and people think oh you're a tiny person but no, I was not healthy. Yeah. Um so I wasn't eating properly. I I like I said I would still take care of myself from the outside, but internally like I didn't have no love for myself. I didn't care to talk nice about myself. I I didn't want to associate with people. I just was trying to be on the outside. Yeah. Um still do my job and care for my family, but even my family would say she's not caring. She's always angry. She's always in a bad mood. Wow. She's she's always like 
don't no not today not today i want to be left alone so it was it was a very dark place to the point where i felt sometimes that i didn't want to be here anymore yeah mm. mm-hmm. over glad you are <laughs> <laughs> but you also said your friends i mean your friends knew something was wrong too like you the things that just weren't mm-hmm. typical behavior for you not to show up to things or you know so what, what was it um that changed like what was that that moment that i guess uh that light bulb moment for you well i think ending up in the hospital knowing that i always asked god for a sign and i would say like what is, what do i need to do like to get out of this mindset yeah. i knew something was wrong but i was in denial of saying i'm depressed and i have anxiety like i need help um so uh, it was more like me always asking like give me a sign what is it that i need to do and being in the hospital i'm like my mom even said it what bigger sign do you want he's yeah. telling you like take care of yourself so that was one of them so after that, I started taking care of myself a little bit more. I was given the opportunity when to... When you say taking care of yourself, like what, what was it that you started to implement? So uh, making sure that I was eating well, I was drinking water, that I was um, walking, running. Um, yoga helped me a lot, doing yoga mm-hmm. and journaling. I love journaling. So that really helped me putting my thoughts out there and being vulnerable. And um, also words of affirmation every morning are very powerful. So... I'm just doing those things, the things that I used to do all the time before that period, but that really helped. And then I was um, asked to, well, I was invited to go to a convention through a business and I wasn't going to go. And But something said, okay, this is a new start. Okay, do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. It was three days. I was like, okay, I don't know anybody, and but I'm going to go. I went to Nashville and I, I had, there was this conference, a business conference, but there was a lot of personal development and this specific speaker just, it was mind blowing. I felt like he was talking to me directly. I felt like someone told him my story <laughs> before I got there. And it was just very eye opening. And it was just like, okay, there's a reason why you're still here. There's a reason why things happen. Um, timing is perfect and um, you need to to do it for yourself. And that's when I started picking up that it's my time. Um, I need to make myself happy. Nobody else defines my happiness. They can add to my happiness, right? But um, I don't need no one. I don't need a specific home, a specific career to be happy. They can complement it, but I'm okay. And I'm going to be better if I... Um, apply all those things for myself first so i started taking care of myself and loving myself oh, that's a, what an incredible spirit that's <laughs> awesome um the other thing you, you talk about wanting more and you always talk yeah i want more i want more but it seems like your idea of more isn't to have stuff you know mm. it's, it's to give yeah and, and you started this project tell me about uh the project you started about what six seven years ago now yeah so warm souls uh it's a community project that i started uh as again giving back to the community and not even like you started a nonprofit. you just you wanted to do something yeah, it's, it evolved, right? yeah it started growing with time it was just a simple like oh all our friends got together and we're like oh there's um let's help the, com- the homeless community in the joliet area um during this time there was a uh, project in los angeles going on with it was called hashtag lunch bag if i'm not mistaken and um we decided to do that here because it was going they were doing it nationally so we did it um we ended up here in chicago fasting out lunches and um, that's when i had my moment where like we need to do more because as we were passing out the lunches uh the people were saying i don't need a lunch because you, you said you had gone to a shelter right yeah and they had 
Like, yeah, so we were at a shelter here in Chicago, and they all started coming towards us. We were, right. uh, and they all started coming towards us, and they're like, "What do you have? What do you have?" And uh, we uh, started giving out the lunches, and they're like, "You don't have a coat," because it was one of the coldest. We picked the coldest day, <laughs> and we could, and it was snowing really bad, and um, they wanted a coat, they wanted a jacket, and. I, my friends and I were like, oh my God, what do we do? We started, like, my friends were giving their gloves or hats. And, and I also, I didn't share this with you, but this person also came up to me and to one of my friends and they're like, why are you doing this? You don't need to be here. Really? And I was like, uh, because we want to. And they're like, well, that's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, well, and my friend, my friend actually started having a conversation with the person that approached her. And from there it was like a light bulb. And I said, people need to be listened to right? They just want to share their stories. We all uh, need someone to talk to every now and then. And imagine those people that don't have anybody. And then on top of that, they're being judged for their situation. And some of them have amazing stories and so powerful. And I said, we need to do more. So from there, uh, it's when Wormshole started. Um, we said, um, now what we're going to do is we're going to collect jackets and we're going to collect uh, uh, coats and um, hats and gloves and scarves, you name it, whatever essential items during the winter because mm-hmm. we need them here in Chicago, right? It's so cold. Yeah. Um, and long. Yeah, and long. So uh, I started that with my friend, my friend, sorry, and family. I started recruiting my friends and family. I'm like, if you love me, you're helping me. So um, my basement looked like a coat factory. Uh, I almost got kicked out when I started. No, I'm just kidding. But my dad would always say like, more jackets? Oh my goodness, Karina. But um, it was so amazing to see so many people come together and donate stuff. Uh, we, not even that, but you're going out and washing these things and drying. Yeah, and we had, you, because I've always said yeah. they deserve the right to have clean clothes. Of course. Right? They yeah. deserve to have a nice meal. They deserve to have a nice conversation with something, with someone, not something half. I didn't want to do that, right? Um, so we took the time to clean them. My friends, I had friends like, you're taking 20, I'm taking 20. Uh, so I had a lot of help from amazing people that I love in my life because that's when you find your real friends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, they helped me. Um, and we went out to to different shelters to ask if we can go in. Uh, something that I wanted with Warm Souls was to make sure that it was not only dropping off a bag at a place and saying, here, pass them out. I wanted my team of people that were helping the volunteers to get to know the people that were in the shelters receiving those jackets that's so amazing. because you you're having your that's why we named the warm souls because you're warming their soul in another level Absolutely. human interaction and hearing their stories so the first years was amazing because we were able to go into two shelters which allowed us to but with time things get um, a little bit harder because of privacy um, and um, safety reasons sure. um, many shelters to your surprise won't let us in um, so we can drop off stuff. Um, so, and then it started just building too much, right? So we decided to change it up. And now what we do is warm souls packages. So we put together small packages with essential items still, except for the jackets. And, and we go out and try to get into shelters. If we're not allowed to get into shelters, we'll find people to have conversations with and pass them out. So we just recently did one in February where we pass out things and um, a group of friends, like five of us or six of us. And I'm like, come on, we're going downtown. And we were stopping and talking to people and and giving out the bags. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are people watching that just would be like, oh my God, how do I get involved with that? You know, how, how can people help uh, support the mission or get involved with it? 
so you can find the Warm Souls page on Facebook, Warm Souls um, 2016. Um, that's when we started the Facebook page. And you can s stay updated with everything that we're doing with um, Warm Souls throughout the year. Um, you can send me a message directly there. Um, my email's there as well. And then we'll somehow, some way, we'll work together. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so when you talk about more, what's on what's on the horizon for you? You know, what does it look like? The future look like for you? I know that you we haven't even got into it, but you also got into to finance too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe before we get down, you know, go down that path of the future, we talk about what you're doing with finance and why you decided to, to get into yeah. uh, teaching financial literacy. Yeah. So um, during the time where I was transitioning with my career with Girl Scouts, I wanted more. Like I said, this is not fulfilling anymore. Um, and I came across um, a presentation with finances, uh, which was part of my job that I had to attend. And it was very mind-blowing to see that those concepts that they were teaching were so simple, but yet I didn't know them. Mm -hmm. And I had a college degree, right? And I thought, okay, I had an education. I should know this stuff, right? We go to school so that we can have a career, pay our bills, and no one's teaching us this stuff. Kind of a slap in the face, right? When, when yeah, and it's crazy to think that the educational system, the curriculums are not changing. Yeah. Over years, they're still the same ones. Yeah, they're, it's great. We're teaching our kids about math, science, and literacy, and everything. But what about finances? What about taxes 101, right? What about uh, debt 101? No one's teaching us those things. So I was mind blown. So I said, I need someone to review my stuff. I want someone to teach me this stuff. Yeah. And that just opened my eyes to see it's not only about me, about the people that I love, my parents, my siblings, my cousins, all of them. They all need to uh, learn this stuff, right? Because it can, it can change your future, your financial future. And I mean, it's no new thing that... Um, if you're not, if your financial home is not in order, it can bring a lot of other issues. Absolutely. Health, divorces, right? Unhealthy relationships, stress. So many things that it's comes with it. It's preventable though. You know what I mean? Like you can do something about it before it gets to that point. Exactly. But they're not teaching yeah. us. And then what I said, I'm like, if people that speak English are not learning, many people are not learning this, what about Spanish speaking people? Right, and you My, said your 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 own your own parents, right? That you brought up when they then first moved here, they bought a house, hard work, mm -hmm. you know, living the American dream. But things could have been much different for them, right? Yeah, and that's what inspired me to say I knew I know if someone would have sat down with my parents and and spoke to them about financial literacy in their language and properly, things probably would have been very different. And that inspired me to say, hey, I want to advocate for my people to make sure that they're getting financial literacy. So I decided to get my license so that I can help people um, get their financial home in order. Um, so I do presentations. Um, I invite other people to come to presentations. And, and all of this still while you're employed by Instituto and still doing Warm, warm souls. souls. Yeah. Where do you find the time? Right. <laughs> my mom says I'm the energizer bunny. <laughs> um, but when you're passionate about something, you find the time, right? And some people won't understand. And some mm -hmm. people are like, oh, she's always working. She's always doing... But I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for the recognition. Uh, yeah, all of those things are good when they come, but I do it because that's what make, makes me want to get up every morning. The fact that I get to change people's lives through Instituto and the fact that I get to change people's financial future through the presentations or connections that I can bring them with because I know so many people in the industry now thanks to me being involved. And if I don't have the tools, I have someone that can help you or I know someone that can help you. So we've impacted many families and and 
it's amazing. It's amazing because I know that I'm planting seeds that are going to have uh, uh, an effect and, and break cycles, many cycles, starting with mm -hmm. my own family. My niece, that little girl's amazing. She knows <laughs> she knows every many things now that many children at that age probably wouldn't How know. She? She's eight years old. Wow. Yeah. And she she's so like about savings and, and without even us pushing anything on her, obviously. A little she, Warren Buffett in she, the making. Yeah. And it's like it's amazing. And I want to do that because I'm I know that if my my parents only knew what they knew right I can't blame them for not teaching my sisters and I they only knew what they knew but now I have the power my sister has the power to changing those cycles I don't and have the responsibility that you know it yeah so it's amazing and that's why I do it um and I love Instituto so that's why I still do Instituto as well so yeah that's <laughs> what an incredible woman honestly it's just uh it's, it's heartwarming but you know that's exactly again why we're trying to do the face chicago business is to find those opportunities to connect with people like you so whatever we can do to help and anyone well, watching you. you know please uh feel free to reach out to karina directly or click on the link below but honestly karina i just uh i can't thank you enough for for sharing your story uh, i feel honored that even though Maybe a lot of people are hearing this for the first time in your own circles, you know, that you were able to, to be so confident and, and so courageous to share it. No, thank you. No, thank you for giving me the opportunity. That's what it's all about, right? Sharing to m maybe possibly have an impact on somebody's life. It's it's my story, but uh, if someone might be going through something that might, something they heard um, might help them get through it. So that's my goal just help people and inspire them to say hey if she can do it i can do it too i love that and i think it's a great goal and you've given some great advice and can't wait to, to connect with you again and continue this conversation but you know until next time uh thank you and we'll see you again soon thank you thank you so much tony thank you mm -hmm.